Hello and welcome to DigFinVox, Voices in Digital Finance. I'm your host, James DiBiazio. Support what we're doing with a simple like and get that algorithm to work. My guest is Charles Hung, CEO of Blue, a Hong Kong licensed digital insurance company. We spoke about the challenges and the opportunities for pure digital insurance, product, tech. Can it work? Charles Hung, welcome to DigFinVox. Pleasure to have you. Thank you. Um, it's been a little while since you and I last interacted, uh, and I'm really curious to learn how Blue is doing as a digital insurer in Hong Kong. Maybe tell us a little bit about the past year or so, what you've been able to achieve in terms of product and some of the key metrics. Of course, of course, of course. Well, first of all, thanks for having me here today. Our overall vision for Blue is, has always been uh, to deliver simple, flexible, and valuable solutions to our customers. And we've been trying to do that uh, by really three areas of disruption, right? Uh, mainly on marketing, uh, products, and also technology and customer experience. Uh, why do we actually have uh, to focus on these three areas? Marketing, obviously, without intermediary, I think we need to do a very different approach on the marketing side. Uh, you mentioned about product. Uh, I'm going to cover that a little bit. But product, definitely, I think, uh, in terms of market pain point or market uh, norm, uh, they're full of uh, very traditional products, me too products, lack of innovation. So we do believe there's a, a lot of room for, for, for disruption and also innovation. And finally, uh, it's really about customer experience and, and also, also technology. Right? So we have been leveraging on a lot of uh, very innovative technologies to actually help us to uh, make the customer experience even better for our customer, given that I think we are direct uh, insurer. So yeah. uh, uh, let me let me maybe go back to a little bit. Um, just yeah, let's, 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 yeah, let's talk about let's unpack those three big things um, and start with marketing, if you want. I mean, as you say, you, as a digital insurer, you don't have agents, you don't have bank assurance. Um, you've had to do it all. And when the last time we did a we did something with you was about two years ago. Uh, yeah. We did a, we did an article, and at that point you had racked up, and you were new at this point, of course. But you still had racked up um, about 300 million impressions, a million site visits, uh, three to four million social media engagements. And at that point, that had added up to being about 80,000 new accounts um, and an actual over 1,000 policies actually sold. That was in your early days. You had just gotten out the, out the gates, probably less than a year. So, right. um, so from a marketing point of view, um, how have you grown it from that? And, and what are some of the tricks of the trade? Of course, of course. No, excellent question. Excellent question. Sorry. I think given that we are direct insurer, we need to have a very different approach to engage our customers and actually reach out to our customers. So we have been using uh, data uh, to drive our digital marketing. And that itself is actually not, in, not enough. Um, also, from a content perspective, uh, very carefully, we've been using culturally relevant uh, content to actually reach out to different uh, customer segments. For example, uh, the younger segment, they prefer the language being used or the content being used is a lot more trendy, a lot more 
for a while, maybe a lot more, more use, use a lot more slangs, for example, mm -hmm. right? For, for all the segment, uh, we use a different uh, approach. Uh, tend to be, our language tend to be a little bit more corporate, tend to be a little bit more, more formal, I think. Um, and also it's, uh, the content is actually tuned, even the tone of the messages are actually tuned uh, to fit uh, the, the culture or the behavior of those, those specific segments. So those are the, the kind of content design. Uh, and also we've been used, I, I, I did talk about, uh, we've been using a lot of data. We use a lot of data to, to kind of, to, be, uh, to allow us to do more focused marketing, more accurate marketing, meaning based on the profile of the, the, the segment group, uh, for example, financial, financial uh, uh, industry people, uh, we use a slight, uh, slightly different messages. Uh, and our and our customer has been, you know, largely belong to those those financial uh, segments. So so um, it looks like the conversion rate for those um, uh, is a lot higher. So we we look for those people <laughs> in a way, right? We use data to look for those people. Uh, but 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 there's a lot more to this. I think in terms of the on the digital marketing side. Um, we use gamifications. Uh, we design games to engage our customers. Uh, we don't. We don't always just talk about sales immediately. Yeah. I, I think if you go through that life cycle of converting customer, you have to kind of give them, give them uh, kind of the the awareness and also uh, and then bring to conversion. So, yeah. how um, how do you find just, that that engagement? If I may ask, Charles, because obviously insurance is typically not something that people engage with on a daily basis. Um, Absolutely. Uh, but yet you need to find ways to keep people, um, you know, they need to have the, you know, you want them to be thinking blue in some way or another. Uh, you know, have you tried, you know, any, any war stories you could share about how you've been able to try to hone your process? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I think insurance is not something that you think about every day, right? And insurance is not something that you are, most of the people are aware of the needs. So they need to be a, a part of that is about education, right? We need to educate our people or our customers or potential customers, the importance of insurance. So there's a part of the messages that we, the early stage of the messages that we, we, we tailor for, our, for certain part of the customers are really about education. Right? It's really about uh, teaching them the importance of insurance and then um, uh, leading to uh, having some fun, having some, uh, interesting tools to actually engage them. For example, I, I think during Chinese New Year a couple of years ago, we, we designed the Zodiac game, uh, subtly bring out the importance of insurance, right? And then we also have the Blue Guru games uh, that we, we designed trying to, purely it's not trying to sell our product, it's really trying to bring the awareness of insurance, uh, educate, educate the, the, the customer segment, and also just, just you know, bring them, uh, uh, increase their awareness of, of our brand. And then certainly we have um, other very, very specific product specific um, marketing messages later on. But again, I think if you go through the cycle, it's, it's really on education first, awareness first, and then decision-making. And, and those, are, those are the cycle that we actually go through. Yeah. Could you give us any uh, update in terms of uh, how many people you're you're touching? You know the touch points now that you've got um, some numbers around 
you know, I guess the, the way you measure social media engagements or or um, site visitors or, or other ways to yeah. measure, you know. Yeah. Well, perhaps I can uh, give you some of the more specific measurement in terms of the business, right? I think um, we launched our business about uh, three years ago, uh, 2018, September. Um, the initial two years has been a, a, a very um, challenging time. Uh, the past two years, we have been experiencing a very rapid growth. Um, so far, the uh, accumulated uh, premium uh, from, from, from the internet has exceeded 1.2 billion Hong Kong dollars. Mm -hmm. And that has been, you know, we've been ex experiencing a, a very high percentage of growth. Uh, in terms of number of, uh, number of policies, for example, I think uh, 2021 versus uh, 2020 is almost 100% growth in terms of number of policies. And on APE, very healthy growth, very steady growth. And I think we've we seen we those trends um, continuing. Uh, do you see other big trends, before we get maybe into the detail around some of your other uh, parts of your business, some of the big trends that are driving people to look at insurance in a digital fashion, um, whether it's from insure tech companies doing pieces of insurance or it's other digital insurers such as yourself, um, what, what's happening in this space? Sure, sure. Well, first of all, the, the, the COVID situation has certainly um, increased the customers' um, kind of demands for health products. Mm -hmm. That's number one. And also, it's also driving uh, the needs to actually do uh, more internet interactions, right? Because face-to-face -face need to be reduced. A lot of people are more, more ready or more accepted uh, to actually do online uh, uh, business. So we are seeing a, a, an increasing uh, demand or in increasing traffic from both internet services and also health products. Um, as a trend, I think um, it, it, just in terms of competition, right? Certainly we're seeing a lot more competition uh, of uh, pure digital players I, I think you, you probably see there are more new players coming into the market. But at the same time, the competition is more than that. I think even traditional players uh, is now focusing uh, a lot more on the digital side as well. Digital strategy used to be kind of a differentiated strategy. Uh, but now I think, I think uh, I'm sure most of the company has a part of this, the strategy uh, talking about digital. So, so we're seeing competition both from, from direct players, pure direct players, and also even traditional players. What is that differentiation then? Because some of those traditional players, um, they're big. Um, they've got brand name power. Uh, they got plenty of marketing firepower if they want. Um, and they've got relationships with um, lifestyle apps and things like that. So how do you carve out your differential? I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned about big because um, uh, sometimes big means uh, uh, heavy as well, right? I think, okay. Yeah, uh, I'm I, getting I, that I way that, myself as I, as I <laughs> enter my 50s. <laughs> I, I would say that I think we, we do have the advantage of, of uh, being extremely focused on direct. Uh, we don't have baggages. I think uh, a lot of the stuff that we have is, 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 is more advanced, is, is, is a lot more innovative. Um, I would say that I think um, versus traditional players, traditional players, many traditional players um, tend to be just putting 
um, the product on the internet and 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 just 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 sell the same product as other channels, right? Um, but for me, I think those are those doesn't give you the 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 privilege of being a a, a digital player, right? A digital player means that you have to address market pain points, really bring a, a different experience uh, to your customers. But purely putting putting your existing product on the internet, it really doesn't make you a, a, a digital player. So for us, I think there's, there's, we always adhere to the principle of uh, addressing market pain points. So everything that we do is about addressing market pain points. If I'm not addressing a market pain point, I don't do it. Right. right. I'll give you some examples. Right. Some of the products that we we design uh, is market first. Right? Uh, I give you our flagship products, uh, our savings products, traditional endowment products, uh, five years endowment products. Uh, normally, the customer doesn't break even until the final year or, or until maturity. Right. If you anytime if you surrender before before that, normally. Uh, there's a chance that you might not get back all your principles. Right? Our products, uh, five years endowment with a very attractive guarantee uh, interest, and the same time you can surrender anytime, zero surrender charges. Right? Really addressing the market pain point of, of, of having a serious penalty when you surrender before, before, uh, before maturity. So that's our flagship saving products. Right? On our on our protection products, I'll give you another example. I think um, insurance product give people uh, very often the impression that uh, is 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 very rigid. It's very non flexible. Once you buy it, you have to stick to it. You can't make any changes to it. Our term life products, you can actually make changes to a sum, your summer show. making changes to 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 the term. Um, Really addressing the market pain point. There are, are people, you know, when they go through life stages, changes, right? Their financial situation might change as well. Sometimes they want, they might want to increase their coverage, and they might, at a certain point, they might want to reduce their coverage, right? Um, so our product allow you to actually make changes uh, without without having the needs of of surrender or buying another different product. Yeah, I can see how, you know, and obviously you, you tailored those, designed those digitally. So it's, it's I guess, from the back end, from an efficiency point of view, it's easy for you to do that. Um, but is it also, um, is that profitable? I mean, there's a reason why, I guess, insurance companies have been able to, to get away with, with what seem like uh, non-consumer friendly policies, either because they just can and they're cynical or because they, they, they have to, to, to be able to remain profitable. Um, how, how do you keep uh, you, you, how, how do you envision, you're still a, a young company, how do you envisage Blue's um, you know, profile when it comes to revenues and profits? Sure, certainly. I think, well, first of all, uh, um, we don't have intermediary uh, costs. Mm -hmm. So that gives us a lot of space to invest in technologies and also invest in kind of the, the marketing that so that we can actually reach out to our customer directly. Uh, I would say that I think uh, we're still at the grow, growing stage. I think we're going to continue to grow, right? I think we're going to continue to grow to reach uh, a profitability level. Uh, but we are very optimistic about kind of the outlook at this point. I think if you look at the growth that we are, we are experiencing or we, we, we are achieving, uh, I would say that I think um, the outlook is very, very, very positive. And 
of course, I mean, you know, you talked about some of the trends and and of course, it's uh, you're the CEO, so it, you know it, you're, you're positive by uh, by default. I think that's the job. Uh, but what are some of the challenges to get there? Uh, the insurance, uh, for the most part, has been given people that um, the impression of of just uh, expensive, poor customer service, uh, inflexible, complicators, a lot of jargon. I don't understand it. What is it? I mean, I, so. Uh, so that that has been the baggages of of insurance, right? And also, I think if you look at um, the penetration so far for direct, uh, has always been kind of a very low single digit, one to two percent, and that has has been staying at that level for a long time. I think uh, partly because of the kind of the impression of in, of of insurance, but at the same time, kind of the lack of uh, disruptors and also lack of uh, innovators that can actually bring out uh, new products, new innovations, new customer experience um, um, uh, to the customers. I think if you look at those market pain points, inflexibilities, complicated, um, expensive, poor services, uh, that spells for opportunities. But at the same time, I would say that that's also a baggage, right? Because that's also a challenge as well, because yeah, while they it means there's a lot of opportunity, but at the same time, we need to overcome those 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 um, those pain points uh, in order to turn them into opportunities. Uh, one other challenge is that I think I, I would like to add is also I think uh, I think James, you're also in Hong Kong as well. You probably know that the local market uh, tend to be a little bit behind in terms of adopting adopting just the, 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 the digital technology um, for the most part. I think if you look at the, just the e-wallet usage in Hong Kong is relatively low. Uh, just in general, I think people's, people's um, um, behavior in terms of utilizing digital technology, I mean, doing e-business online, um, I would say that this is, this is still a lot of room for improvement. So that, that itself, uh, has been challenging for us, has been challenging for us um, to really push that forward. Uh, what it means is that we have to be um, even more innovative or coming up with uh, even a, a better customer experience for people to attract people to actually uh, utilize the, the digital technology. Are you at a point where um, the big incumbents in Hong Kong should be scared of you? <laughs> Well, I've, uh, I have a lot of discussions with some of the uh, big guys. I think uh, I'm hoping that uh, at, at a certain point, uh, they will be, they will be um, afraid of us. Um, we, we, uh, we're heading in that direction. Certainly. Okay, good. Um, let's talk a little bit about the technology as well, uh, which I think is part of the user experience that you've been discussing. Uh, Tencent is, is your, one of your key stakeholders, and I guess you've been leveraging some of their they're high tech. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what that relationship has been like and, and how uh, you're using technology in ways that you think are uh, competitive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, um, let's talk about our shareholders. Right? Tencent is one of our shareholders and also Hill House is also one of our shareholders. Uh, we're now 80% owned by Hill House, 20% owned by uh, Tencent. Uh, it has been our part of our strategies to really leverage on these two industry giants 
uh, leverage on their capabilities. Hillhouse obviously is a very well-known uh, investment manager, uh, asset manager. Uh, Tencent, uh, internet giants, uh, a lot of uh, innovations and technology. And for us as an insurance company, I think investment is very important. Uh, investment capability is very important. Technology is also very important. So we've been trying to leverage uh, their capabilities. Um, um, and then on the question about technology, uh, if you look at our 24 by seven platform right now, uh, uh, straight through processing, um, um, the infrastructure that we have is on Tencent Cloud, uh, the facial recognitions uh, technologies that we have is also utilizing uh, the Tencent uh, technology. So we've been, there have been a lot of collaboration in terms of, in terms of leveraging some of the, the best technology. Uh, and then we're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to do that. I think if you look at uh, the Tencent Cloud, the Tencent Cloud has been giving us, giving us a lot of flexibilities for us to kind of um, uh, stay the 24 by 7 with uh, appropriate securities and stability. Do you see um, opportunities for you in terms of the greater Bay Area, right? This idea of integrating Hong Kong uh, services with, um, with Macau and, and nine major cities in Guangdong province? No, absolutely, absolutely. We've been watching that very, very, very closely um, uh, to ensure that I think we capture those opportunities, right? I think GBA certainly, I think, uh, is 10 times the population of Hong Kong. Uh, uh, the, the big opportunity really is the, the low penetration of, of insurance, right? Relative to those mature markets. So that, there, there, there is a lot of opportunities. There are a lot of opportunities. Uh, in GBA, um, I, I would even I would love to see that. I think we can leverage on on our our digital capability, so that we can actually reach out to the customers of the GBA faster than than, than, than the traditional model. But again, I think a lot of this is still unknown uh, until we have to wait until the appropriate regulations and and guidance. I think from the government and from the regulators. Yeah, what about in terms of in Hong Kong itself? Uh, opportunities to work with other digital financial service providers. We've seen the rise of, of uh, virtual banks here. Um, your stakeholders also have a stake in one of those. Um, is that a potential digital um, uh, uh, source of, of business uh, relationship? Uh, what, um, uh, bank assurance, sorry, digital bank assurance <laughs> right, 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 opportunity. Right. Um, for digital banks, I would say that I think uh, it's, it's a great opportunity. Is something that we will we would love to explore, but again, I think um, it will require a lot more 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 thinking, uh, including uh, kind of the regulatory side as well. So, but again, I think that itself is is an opportunity. I would say I think it's something that uh, uh, we, we we will explore it at, at, at the right time. When it comes to blue, I think we're going to continue to um, focus on our vision. Uh, continue to focus on the three areas of disruption. If there's one key thing that we will, we will be even more focused on, it's really the utilization of data. I, I always been telling my guys, I think uh, a data-driven uh, uh, product or technology is not enough. Uh, what we really want to do is actually data-driven all. Everything has to be data-driven. Everything has to be based on our experience, uh, our experience with uh, our customer, the data, we need to analyze it, we need to improve ourselves, and then from those data, how can we actually better serve our customers? So 
data-driven or is going to be uh, a key focus for Blue uh, going forward. The sources of data that you're dealing with, obviously a lot of it comes from customer interaction. Are there uh, other sources data that you are using or want to use? Sure, well, well first of all, um, we have accumulated a lot of um, uh, customer kind of behavioral information. Again, those are not necessarily personalized, but really as, you know, as kind of the big data sets, uh, we, we, we're analyzing trends, we're analyzing uh, kind of um, patterns uh, in order to kind of react better. Uh, we're also reacting to kind of, we look at drop-off points, right? We look at drop-off points on our site. We look at where people, uh, for example, um, um, stay more time on. Uh, uh, we, we analyze those information, try to better understand uh, some of the challenges that they are actually facing when they, when they utilize our portal. So we utilize a lot of those data. I think, uh, but those are all kind of um, uh, internal data. Uh, we're also looking at some external data as well. Uh, external data is mean there's some pattern information that uh, in the social media side, for example, um, we're analyzing prospects who has been visiting us uh, for a few times, but, but, but didn't convert. So why, why, what happened and those kind right. of information. So we, we do a lot of those analysis and also um, um, AP testing, trying to uh, uh, provide the customer with, with better experience and more, more tailored information or more appropriate information. So all those, all those informations are, um, are being utilized. Uh, but again, I think uh, uh, we're gonna continue to op optimize in that area uh, to ensure that we bring the best customer experience to our, our customers. How how end to end are you at this stage? I, I think you you probably start off with a big focus on the front end that that initial user experience on their mobile, um, but claims and other parts of the process is that now you know is there still um, an, a manual aspect to that or are you trying to digitize the whole thing? Well, we are a life insurance company, right? So there's certain part of the process inevitably required. Uh, physical copies and all that kind of stuff uh, that has posed some challenges of fully digitalizing the whole claim process. However, having said that, I think we have been very innovative in our claims process. I think uh, a few of our a few of the claim process of the products are now fully uh, digitalized or fully uh, uh, automated. We actually utilize. Uh, AI technologies to actually automate those um, those claim services. Uh, I'm actually quite proud to say that. I think, uh, for example, for one of our, our products called Pharma Easy, where people can actually uh, claim their pharmacy expenses uh, as part of the coverage of the product. Um, all they need to do is really just submit the receipts. Uh, and then go to our AI system. And, and normally the customer can actually receive their claim within two hours. Right. Well, I think our conversation has also been end to end today. Um, so Charles, I want to thank you so much for visiting us on Digitin Vox and sharing what's going on at Blue. Thank you very much for having me here today.